you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Rhett Lewis, and this is NFL Inside Report. Once again, coming to you live from the iHeartRadio podcast stage here on Radio Row as we are days away now from Super Bowl 56. Welcome back, everybody. So great to be here with you again as the activity is picking up both here at Radio Row and throughout the city in anticipation of the Bengals and Rams on Sunday. And I don't know that we could have done this podcast in its first year without the fantastic contributions of two of our absolutely favorite guests, Judy Batista and Jim Trotter, who are right here with us uh, on this stage. I mean that seriously. Checks in the Um, mail. Yes, thank you. Okay, noted. Uh, Guys, and uh, and, you know, you guys usually join me uh, from my garage. um, I miss the garage. Considerably less fancy than this. Um, (laughs) So what I did for everyone who ends up seeing this in some sort of social media video clip is I wore my, my usual gear, my hat, just to bring back some of the grit you know, some of the stuff that you guys have become accustomed to with NFL Inside Reports. So uh, I hope you guys feel a bit more at home. I missed all the this garage fanciness. door yes. opening track. The, surf- <laughs> the surfboards <laughs> and all the, all the bad rooftop uh, organization as well. Uh, so it's great to be here with you guys uh, all in person for once. Um, you guys were together uh, for Commissioner Roger Goodell's annual Super Bowl week news conference uh, just uh, this week. And One of the more, how should we say, uh, impactful, um, important news conferences that he's held in recent years. And there are always hot button topics and issues. But I think in light of everything that's happened with the coaching hiring cycle, with the GM hiring cycles, both this year and the last few years, and of course, Brian Flores' lawsuit against the league and three league clubs um, brought forth even more impact. And uh, we're going to get to all of that here in a second. But Judy, I want to start with just like, what was the mood like? What was the scene like from our building, right? Uh, right. From just, uh, just in back of our building next to SoFi. Look, I thought it was one of the more serious yeah. Super Bowl press conferences he's done in the last few years because there were so many 
heavy topics, right? I mean, yes. somebody noted to me after the fact, like, there were there were no football questions. Like, there was no question about overtime. Would they look at overtime? There was... P.I. P.I. Right. You know, which we... Usually we go off on that for a few <laughs> sure. minutes. Um, there was none of... There were no questions about COVID and not missing games. There were none of that. Concussions, nothing. Um, it was all, you know, really serious sort of topics that not just affect the NFL, but are affecting everybody in society. So it was heavy. Indeed. And I, I felt like we had a, a local reporter um, ask, you know, in that light that you're talking about with some of these topics, uh, ask uh, Roger Goodell how much personal responsibility he felt for the reasons we're having to answer these questions with lack of minorities and decision-making roles, um, you know, both within the league office and, of course, in the head coaching ranks um, and, you know, and executives throughout, uh, Judy. Uh, what, how did you, what did you make of his answer on that? He said he did take responsibility. He said he and the 32 clubs were responsible. Um, you know, look, the commissioner, not surprisingly, is very well prepped for these sessions. And I thought that came through more than anything. Like sure. there there were no headlines made out of these answers, which is their goal, right. frankly. Um, you know, so he had a lot of uh, prepared answers, but no, you know, no details, no concrete um, details about what they might do going forward, either uh, on the diversity issue or, you know, the sexual harassment allegations in Washington, you know. And and Jim, we're going to get to your question, um, which, you know, for me was was one of the highlights of this entire news conference here just a second, but for the right reasons. Right. um, If I could piggyback off what Judy said, though, the thing that that, to be quite frank with you, bothered me about his answer of taking personal responsibility is that he has the power to do something about it as it relates to the league office right. or even in our NFL media group. I understand when it comes to head coaches and GMs and club presidents, he has no authority there. But again, we're talking about the league office where we look at the top 11 executives, including himself, and there are only two people of color. So how can you, how can you credibly say diversity, equity, and inclusion are core principles of the NFL when you have an opportunity to do something here and it hasn't been done. And on top of that, the thing that struck me was he said, this has been the most talked about topic over the last four or five years internally, this issue of diversity, equity, inclusion. And I think he said that in a way to say that it's important to them. But I looked at it in the opposite way to say, if you've been talking about it for four or five years and the numbers are regressing, then you guys need to stop talking or talk to new people because it's not working. Right. And I understand that that's why you asked the question you did, and which is part of the reason, really. And uh, we want to let everybody who may have missed that actually get a chance to hear Jim's question, um, which was very thoughtfully uh, and uh, thoughtfully and composed and, and executed very well. Uh, and we'll, so we'll let you hear Jim's question and Commissioner uh, Roger Goodell's answer. Hey, Roger, uh, Jim Trotter. The question is more for the owners, but also for you. And since they're not here, I'll ask you, as I always say, um, in your initial statement, the league's initial statement is said that diversity, equity and inclusion were core principles of the NFL. And I need to provide some some context before I can ask you about that statement. In the 100 plus year history of this league, 24 of the 32 franchises have either had one black head coach or no black excuse me, no black head coaches. And to make sure I get the names right, I'll read them off here. We've got 
the Bills, the Commanders, the Cowboys, the Falcons, the Giants, the Jaguars, the Panthers, the Patriots, the Rams, the Ravens, the Saints, the Seahawks, the Titans, who have never had a black head coach. That's nearly half the league. We look at the fact that there's never been a majority black owner. There's only been one black club president. We look at the GMs, now we're up to seven. Five of those were hired in the last 12 months. We're now at three black head coaches, two of whom were hired after Brian Flores uh, filed his lawsuit. So it's easy to focus on the owners here, but I want to put this to you here. When we look at the league office of the top 11 executives there, there are only two people of color. When we look at NFL Media Group, where I work, there is not one black person at the senior level in the newsroom um, who makes decisions about a league whose player population is 70% black. So as a member of the media group and as a black man, I ask, why does the NFL and its owners have such a difficult time at the highest levels hiring black people into decision-making positions? Yeah, Jim, listen, um, we've, we look at the same numbers, and, and uh, they're, they're really part of the effort that, again, looking at how do we become more effective in our policies and procedures. Um, we work really hard. We believe in diversity. We believe in it as a value. We believe it's made it stronger. Uh, people who have come into the league who are diverse have been very successful and made us better. Uh, and we just have to do a better job. Uh, we have to look, is there another thing that we can do to make sure we're attracting that best talent here and making our league in- inclusive? Um, if I had the answer right now, I would give it to you. I would have implemented it. Uh, I think what we have to do is just continue and find and look and step back and say, we're not doing a good enough job here. We need to find better solutions and better outcomes. And so let's make it, let's find more effective policies. Let's make sure everyone understands. Let's make sure that uh, we're looking at diversity and actually incentivizing that for everybody in our building, including with compensation. Let's make sure that when we're dealing with vendors outside the building, we're hiring diverse vendors and bringing them in and giving them an opportunity to succeed just like we do with white vendors or people of color. Well, how can they come in and contribute to the NFL? So I think it's, it's not a single answer, Jim. Uh, the single responsibility comes on all of us in the NFL, and we have to be the ones that make that change, and we are the ones that have to make sure we bring diversity deeper into our NFL and make the NFL an, exclu- an inclusive um, and diverse organization that allows everyone the opportunity to be successful. So, Jim, then I'd love to get your reaction to Roger Goodell's answer to your question. Yeah, well, first off, let me say this. I, I misspoke on one of the numbers. I didn't realize I missed the announcement that Sashi Brown had been hired as president of the Baltimore Ravens. So there are two black club presidents now in the NFL. So I just want to make sure. Still not quite enough. No, no, but I I had missed that announcement. Having said that. um, His response was what I expected. I didn't expect to get a a direct, honest answer in terms of solutions or what actions were going to be taken. Um, It was, as Judy said, he was well prepared and he stayed on point in that, look, everything's on the table We're going to look at all our policies and practices, all of those things, which is what you would expect him to say. Uh, Me personally, and I'm just being as honest as I can be, I've had enough talk 
and I, and I think I, I, I think I speak for some of the folks in our group, meaning at, at, at the network who people of color who also feel we've had enough talk. It's time for results. Right. You know, and 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 I love the people I work with. And, and so I want to be clear on this. I'm not in any way saying that the people, the editors that I work with or anyway are racist or that they are tone deaf to things that I may bring up. They are great. No one has ever squatted on me and said, you can't say sure what you feel or what you you can't report on a certain story or whatever as it relates to this. They have been tremendous. All I am saying is that representation matters. And typically in a newsroom, ideally what you would want at the top are people who are reflective of, say, the population of your community right. so that they can bring their experiences to the table for discussions about how we are going to cover people. We don't have that. And, and I think that we do the players a disservice and I think we do the audience a disservice because of that. And that's part of why you asked the question about head coaches where, you know, we have so few now um, and the league's population of players is 70 percent black. It's almost the same the same sort of. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I don't want to be cynical, but it was hard for me, you know, when now we say, well, there were two black head coaches hired in this cycle. It just so happened both of them were hired the week after Brian Flores filed his right. lawsuit. Prior to that, there have been six um, positions filled, none with a person of color. So, I, you know, so you want to say they're doing it for the right reason, but I, I, I can't in my heart say that based on the history and based the Based on the track record. Sure. Um, how do you feel about the public's reaction? I mean, this, the, the Twitter, the, the tweet with your question and the answer, it's over a million views. I mean, and at some point, public outcry helps, in, you would like to think, right? Right. I think I said this to Judy yesterday. When that whistle blows, we are like Pavlov's dogs, and we will all come running for the start of the game. And this will be forgotten about. And that's the reality. Look, the, re- the, the truth is, and I'm speaking from history here, there are only two ways that there's been substantive change on issues in the National Football League. One is by either the threat of litigation or litigation itself, and I go back to the early 2000s when the late Johnny Cochran and Cyrus Mary threatened to sue the league over discrimination for its hiring practices with head coaches. And the other way is through um, pressure on sponsors and the threat of sponsors pulling out, as we saw with Mm. the Washington football team a year ago. We had Dan Snyder who said he would never change the name of his team. Doesn't care how many people say it's racist, he'll never change it. And then because of what was happening in terms of this, the sexual harassment allegations and whatnot and the pressure that was put on, a sponsor started saying, you know what, we can't be associated with this. All of a sudden, it's, we're going to change our name. And we're going to hire the first black club president in league history. Right. And we're going to hire a woman to, to be one of the highest ranking women in uh, among the franchises. So it's interesting how all of a sudden, because of that pressure, there was change. And unfortunately, you would like to think that there would be change because it's the right thing to do as opposed to someone is exerting pressure on us that right. could hurt our bottom line. Judy, your your kind of thoughts on on how uh, the commission... Judy's probably tired of hearing me talk it, about it, well, this stuff, man. You know? It, well, it's the only way we keep it in the forefront, right? And we keep it in the forefront of discussion, right? What was your your kind of reaction to how uh, how the commissioner responded to Jim's question and, and how we move forward on it? Like Jim, I... I'm not surprised how yeah. he reacted to any of it. I, I, 
he was not going to make any headlines. I, I thought my biggest takeaway from what he said um, was that everything is on the table. One of the things that we shouldn't do is draw any conclusions without really looking at that. I don't think you take anything off the table until, you know, you've had people look at that, help us independently to say, is there something flawed with our process? Uh, and if there is, what can we do to resolve that and fix that? If, if that's something that I think outside experts will be helpful to us and making sure that something we thought we were doing well, maybe we're not doing so well. And hopefully that'll help us get to a better solution. And if that's true, and I, from talking to people, other people in the league who work on this, I believe they mean it. If that's true, that everything is on the table, that they're prepared to rip up everything they've done and start over after consulting with outside people, which I think is really important because clearly they need fresh eyes on this because the eyes that have been looking at it, how many, I mean, how many years have we had this conversation just at this press conference? Sure. This comes up and it's not changing. As a matter of fact, it's getting worse, which I think is really confounding to everybody. So if fresh eyes can come up with new solutions and they are willing to go with those suggestions, then good. Then I, then I will think that that change could really happen. Uh, you know, uh, one thing from talking to them is they, I think they are most aghast and and frustrated by the fact that it's getting worse, right? right? Not, it's not even staying status quo. Right. It's getting, they're going backwards, and that they just can't, you know, they just can't get their head around, like, why? And I think what they're so frustrated with is they, they can't figure out what to do. I mean, they just cannot figure out how to move the owners on this. Well, that's why I felt it was important yesterday to identify the clubs that have never, that have never I mean, hired one. 13, yeah. Think about it. 101-year history of this league, 13 franchises, nearly half, have never had a blackhead coach, non-interim blackhead coach. That's crazy. And so rather than identifying each franchise owner, because obviously some of these owners haven't owned a club for 40, 50, 60 years. That's right. I, I want it to be fair. So I just identified the franchises because I think it's important for local communities to say to the owners of the, those clubs, What's going on? Well, that's here? a good point. Yeah, you know, and and start to have that discussion on a local level pressure as opposed locally. to right us out here from another city trying to exert pressure. Sure. No, I and mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. Actually, um, you know, they're kind of in the in the grassroots of where the franchise is, right? To to try to effectuate change that way. Um, so, Judy, we're talking about everything is on the table. Does that mean ripping up the Rooney Rule as we know it and starting from scratch? And I think that's to build possible. Back anew? What we're going to do is step back and look at everything we're doing today, uh, reevaluate that, uh, everything from looking at the Rooney Rule and seeing what changes should be made to that, if any changes, or should it be removed, which some people have suggested. All of those things are part of that. We're going to talk to other people, have independent people come in and look and help us evaluate it, because it's sometimes hard to evaluate your own policies and procedures, and make sure that we're doing everything we possibly can to create that opportunity for everybody to make sure that we are an inclusive league and make sure we get the outcomes we want. And that our policies really truly are effective with outcomes. Look, they're going to bring in people who specialize in diversity, equity, inclusion in the workplace. And so what I hope is that the NFL leaders will be open, re genuinely open to their suggestions, because certainly I think their suggestions might be things that they don't want to hear, including 
you know, everything you're doing is not working. Yeah. And, and we need to go back and start over with your policies and the initiatives. And, you know, I hope they're open to that because I think it's probably going to be a painful process for some people to realize that the stuff they've been doing for 20 years, you know, has come to a screeching halt. It's just not working. Jim, we've talked a little bit about like the incentive based idea here, right? With, you know, draft picks for hiring. I mean, is there, does it, does there need to be a punitive side to it? Uh, it's as opposed a, it's to incentive based? Yeah, it's a hard question to answer from this standpoint, Rhett. Um, if I, as an owner, gen- genuine, genuinely feel right. that this white candidate is the best hire for my franchise, I should be able to hire him yes. without fear of, of consequence or whatever. So all I'm asking is that the, the only time there should be punitive damage, in my opinion, is when it is so demonstrably clear that one candidate was far superior in terms of qualifications than the other. And, and so how do you do that? Right, it's so, hard. Yeah, yeah. It, I get it. It's hard to pr- pr- quote unquote. Like prove, it's it's, right? it's a rare case where you have a John Gruden getting hired by the Raiders with a clearly ridiculous process proceeding. Right. Those are rare. Yeah. Right. Right. People are at least going through the performance of right. of following sure. the rules. Right. So to have a clear cut case where you're going to have. But the Raiders even did it again in this instance, because what did Mark Davis come out and say at the end when he hired Josh McDaniels? Oh, he was the guy from the beginning. <laughs> so it's like you can't right. even help. You didn't even learn from the last time. But I'll say this in terms of trying to, to, to quantify um, and, and make this more of an objective, transparent process. And I think I said this to Judy yesterday. One of the things I would ask is, OK, before an owner ever does an interview, sit down and say, what is it that I want in a head coach? What are the traits that I want? Do I want someone older, younger, someone who has previous head head coaching experience, someone who doesn't, someone who comes from offense, defense, special teams, or someone who's a coordinator, someone who is a delegator or someone who is um, hands on, you know, someone who is a motivator or someone I don't care how he comes off to the public when he meets with the press. Make that list out, whatever it is, and put all those traits, then start your interview process. And then after you hire whoever you hire, Go back to that list and say, how many of these traits does this candidate actually meet? And if you end up hiring someone who doesn't meet a majority of those traits. And then you've you, overlooked someone who did? Yes. Then, then the question yeah. needs to be asked, why? Why? And, and those yeah, that's, are the, that, that's just one of the few ways that I can think of to sure. say we're making the process a little more transparent a little more objective. But the problem is, as Tony Dungy has said countless times to me, is owners really don't know what they want in a head coach. All they know is they want to win. They say they want to win. So (laughs) who is that? And then the other thing that he said, sometimes they operate out of fear. And by that, what do I mean? They go hire the hot name because that gives them um, cover cover for their for their fans if it doesn't work out so they can say like, oh everyone was on this guy exactly and so we're, and so that's why we you know exactly and then we go do it again so you're applauded at the hiring you're applauded at the introductory press conference and then things don't work out there's some there's some way to fall back I get it uh, well let's let's hope that um, you know perhaps when the landscape changes in ownership 
right? We've talked about that. There are no black owners, and the Denver Broncos are up for sale. You want to get me started on that, right? I, it's why don't I mean, you go? A, why don't topic, why, Judy? Well, I'll let you go to Judy first, and then and, I mean, the commissioner said just yesterday that he would love to see yes a, a minority. Oh, well, yeah, of course, of course, there's but they're be. not selling the Broncos. Correct. We would love to see a diverse uh, owner of the team, uh, whether that's a person of color or uh, a female or um, a black man. We think that that would be a really positive step for us and something that we've encouraged. And one of the reasons we've reached out to find candidates who can who can do that. Um, there is no timetable. Um, the Denver Broncos are selling a team, not the NFL. Uh, we would have approval rights. But I think we'll be very clear, and we have already with the Broncos, that is something that um, we certainly would seek to have in the ownership group. And we will certainly try to encourage that as, as the process goes along. But I don't know what the timetable. I would expect it to be happening before the start of the next season. It's insane that there is not a black owner in the NFL. There should be a black owner in the NFL. Do I think that solves all of their problems? One black owner? No. That's absurd. First of all, it always helps to have representation in the room, right? The league has gotten in trouble in the past on a variety of issues when there wasn't a woman in the room on, on issues on the Ray Rice thing. Yeah. Uh, when there hasn't been diverse voices in the room, it would help. One black owner is not going to move 32 franchises. And frankly, it shouldn't be on the one black owner's shoulders to change. The people who have to change are the people who keep doing the same thing over and over, not the, not the hopefully sure. new guy who comes in. Sure. Can I, we have a saying in the community, in the black community, all skin folk ain't kin folk. So I am not interested in having just a black owner for the sake of having a black owner. I want someone who has consciousness right. about issues that relate to black people. There are some white people I know who are more socially conscious than some blacks that I know. And so from that standpoint, I don't just want someone for the sake of appearances. I want someone who is genuinely who genuinely brings something to the table within the league about how the practices of the league affect the people and the players in this game. That's what I want. So I'm not I'm less concerned about the photo op. Sure than about people who can help make substantive change. And while we've had some progress on the general manager front, right, in terms mm -hmm. of minorities getting at that level of executive, um, and, you know, I, I realize there are some owners that are more hands-on in the football operation and the hiring practices than others. Isn't that a step at least in the right direction if, if an owner can empower a minority GM to make his make his or her decisions or no, I, you're smiling. I just feel like I'm being so controversial today to what people think. Here's my issue with that, Rhett. These, these minorities who are being hired as general manager, do they actually have the traditional powers? Well, that's the, of the general manager. Exactly. Yes. So again, I don't want you putting someone in that position, hiring someone in that position. If it's ceremonial. The, yes. Right. I want to know that they actually have power. So for instance, I don't know, like, like I have heard people criticize Ryan Poles for the hire in Chicago, right? Because they're saying, you were in Kansas City, you were there with Eric Bieniemy. How can you say that Eberflus is more qualified, better sure. candidate than Eric Bieniemy, right? And I had to pump the brakes with him and say, wait a minute. 
I don't know who Ryan Poles recommended for that job. He may have recommended. Eric and the ownership may have said, no, this is who we want. Owners make the hire, right? So all I'm asking is, what authority, what power does that general manager actually have? Even in Detroit last year with Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell was going to get that job whether Brad Holmes wanted Dan Campbell or not. I mean, that's the reality if we're being honest here. So, and I can go through other examples. So that's all I ask is it's not just about, again, the photo op. It's about, do these individuals have the, 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 the traditional powers that a general manager has? And that's why I mentioned, like, yeah. you know, there are some owners that are more hands-on yeah. in those types of decisions and some that empower the people that they have hired to make those decisions. Right. So um, that's, that's, of course, an, another piece of this entire discussion. And Judy's it, never coming on with me again. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get everybody in trouble. Well, these look, th- this is why we talk about this stuff. And uh, the conversation continues next uh, with... The Washington Commanders <laughs> and the investigation, uh, plural, um, that uh, we've seen and that we will see here in the coming weeks. And we'll do that right after this here on NFL Inside Report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. 
If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Back here on NFL Inside Report with you from the iHeartRadio podcast stage here on Radio Road. Days ahead of Super Bowl 56. Brett Lewis here uh, with two of my favorite colleagues, Judy Batista and Jim Trotter. And kind of talking about our takeaways from uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell's news conference this week, his annual Super Bowl news conference. I uh, talked a lot about diversity and inclusion in the, in the first segment. And now want to get into one of the other hot-button topics, which of course has been um, a... The investigation, are, are we considering this, Judy, part of the previous investigation God, or as I a result not. of the other? Like, <laughs> I, I, How would you characterize what we're going to see here in the next few weeks with the Washington now commanders? I certainly hope it's a new investigation because right. the last one we got didn't get a whole lot of satisfaction out of it. Right. Um, well, so what will this, I, I, this one then look, this will, look into? This is going to look at, um, there was a congressional roundtable last week. Welcome, everybody, to today's hybrid roundtable. Um, at which some of the women and a man, former employees of the Washington football team, um, spoke to members of Congress about the workplace conditions there. there one of the women uh, who spoke was new. My name is Tiffany Johnston. I appreciate you all for taking the time to hear about the constant workplace sexual harassment that occurred at the Washington football team for over two decades. Um, she has not been in any of the Washington Post stories. She had not been part of the prior investigation. So her allegation was new and her identity was new. Um, her allegation was very serious. It went directly to team owner Daniel Snyder. She alleges that he personally sexually harassed her. Um, and as a result, the NFL now says we're going to investigate that accusation. They are hoping she will cooperate since she has already spoken publicly about it. So they're hoping she'll cooperate with the investigation. But that is the specific allegation that they're going to look at now. So, uh, <laughs> again, I, I asked the commissioner, can you tell us, is this going to be a written report as opposed to the right. oral report we got out of the other thing? And without much detail ever released and. He did not answer that question, which I suspect is probably an actual answer to the question. We want to be in an organization where it's, everyone can come and work there and work there free of harassment, free of discrimination, and make sure that we have the infrastructure to be able to deal with it when it does happen. Um, God, that was so telling. Uh, yeah. It so, was so telling. You know, I, I think he, well, there was also the, better. There was also the question of whether... Um, the Washington commanders were going to initiate and, yes. and conduct this investigation on their own, right? <laughs> yeah, I think they tried to get ahead of the league and say, we'll do the investigation. Right. And then the league stepped in and said, no, you're not doing the investigation. We're right. going to do the investigation. And actually, that was one of the takeaway quotes of the day was Goodell saying, I don't think a team can investigate itself, period. Uh, I do not see any way that uh, um, a team can do its own investigation of itself. Uh, that's something that uh, we would do. We would do it with an outside expert that would be able to help us um, come to the conclusion of what the facts were and what really truly happened. 
Well, we, I mean, <laughs> gosh, we've, we've seen that in a much different circumstance right. uh, in college right. athletics, right? With teams and schools trying to impose uh, self-imposed sanctions and right. hopes that the NCAA will, you know, go lighter on them. That's a whole different story now. Um, and then, you know, J- uh, Judy, w- w- what would you feel like, because we did hear Roger Goodell say that he does believe that the owners can force another owner out, right? <laughs> so this is a funny story about that quote. Uh, I'll probably have to make sure I understand my own authority in here and, and Jeff Bash will have to follow me. But I do believe um, that the clubs do have the authority um, to remove an owner from the league. Ultimately, it's a, vo- a league vote, I believe. Uh, we'll correct that if I'm incorrect. Um, I thought he was, when he said that, I thought he was referring to the Washington situation. Other people thought that Miami. was a reference to the Miami situation yeah. and the also, another investigation That's into going to be Brian Flores' allegation that Stephen Ross offered him money to lose games, uh, which is very troubling. Yes. Very troubling. That's integrity of the game. Integrity That's, of the game. Very yeah. troubling. That's a separate investigation. So I thought it was fascinating that there are two ownership situations that it could apply to at the same time. Certainly not where the league wants to be, but telling that like we're not even sure which team he was referring to. Yeah, Jim, your <laughs> thoughts there on on those two situations oh, with I, ownership? No, I agree with Judy a thousand percent on that. You know, if look, there is nothing more fundamental to the integrity of the game than than if someone is if an owner is bribing a coach to intentionally lose games, and particularly if that owner. I believe it's been reported in the past was somehow associated with a gambling site, right? It has, yeah, right. that has been reported. Yes. That is that if, if these allegations are found to be true, I, I don't see any way that Steven Ross can stay as owner of the, of the dolphins. We are going to look into that and we will make sure that, um, either our, if there were violations that they won't be tolerated. I couldn't speculate on what they'll be. Uh, because we'll have to find out what the facts are. What, what What's the outcome? And when we know what those facts are and the impact it has on our game, we'll deal with it very seriously. And for me, and again, I speak only for me, not for anyone else, the fact that Dan Snyder still owns the Washington football team is beyond insulting, beyond defensive, Um. I'm trying to think of the right adjective. Well, you know what? I, I, I credit the commissioner for saying, yes, owners can rid themselves of one of their fellow owners. But the subtext of saying that is the owners have to have the will to do it. And sure. that is what has been lacking. If the owners were disgusted by the behavior that we know already happened at the Washington football team, they could have done something about it. And they haven't. So there's been the there's been the talk, there's been the conversation, and once again here we sit uh, on a Super Bowl week, wondering about the action on all fronts, and let's hope that when we get together here on a comfy couch in a fancy <laughs> podcast uh, studio stage set uh, from where are we going to be next year Phoenix Phoenix that we can talk about some action that we've seen and we can talk about some improvement that we've seen 
And we can talk about football. Overtime. Maybe I mean, we'll be talking about overtime. Patrick never Stewart. have I ever right. thought we would yearn <laughs> for talk about offensive overtime. pass interference <laughs> and defensive pass interference changes. I mean, it's but been such, such a great playoffs. That's right. And we've it is. not right. we've not talked about it at all. Right. And it's th- going to be a damn good game. And sure. we're going to get Absolutely. there. And uh, we're going to enjoy football. And then we got to get back to work. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being with us here. We really appreciate it. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, great to be here on NFL Inside Report with Emmy and Golden Globe-nominated actor Anthony Anderson in the house on the iHeartRadio podcast stage on Radio Row. What's up, brother? You know, it's a very sensitive uh, subject every time somebody brings it up, Emmy and Golden Globe. Been nominated for 11 Emmys. Uh-oh. I'm 0 for 11. We're going to change that. Nominated for two Golden Globes. Let's 0 for 2. <laughs> You most won people, a ton of awards. Most people would call me the Black Susan Lucci. Oh, no. <laughs> but can't be because she eventually won. Uh, I yet to, to win those coveted awards. I, I do have a Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Award for Best Fart for Kangaroo Jack, though. That and, goes on the mantle. I don't even, no, if, it, if it's, it's on the mantle. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> Trust me. It's on the mantle. And once they, they brought me in and they were like, uh, we created this category just so we could give you an, an, an award years ago. Did you have to prove it? Uh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> but they had me 
come out on a camel and accept the award for best fart for Kangaroo Jack back in 2001. This podcast is going to win an award, I think, today. Yeah, it, it better. Uh, so, <laughs> and I like to think that I had everything to do with it. 100% right. All right. Uh, one of the many reasons we know and love uh, Anthony, of course, is uh, for his work as a star and executive producer of Blackish. But one of the reasons, one of the other reasons we love you at NFL Media is for your work as the narrator on the NFL 360 piece in Ode to South Central. Yes. And in that piece, you were wearing just a kid from Compton, right? On the mm-hmm. t-shirt. So yes, tell me what having... Super Bowl 56 next door in Inglewood means to a kid from Compton? Uh, it, it means everything. Uh, did you know the first Super Bowl was here in Los Angeles? Yes, let's go. Okay, and here we are. It's taken, what, 50? It's, it's taken it's a long a, time. A couple. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know those numerous. Yeah, I, I, I don't know those. Too, I don't you know, know those so numbers, know those letters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Roman numerals. Are yeah, not well, yeah. why can't they just do it with numbers? <laughs> what? When? When? Let, before we get into yeah. that. When did we start using Roman number uh, uh, numerals for numbers for American numbers? This is America. What are we doing? Yeah. Um, what yeah. was it? Was the, super, was the NFL just trying to separate itself? I think it was a prestige thing. Okay. Yeah. I, All right. At least that's what it felt like I to like, me initially. I, mean, I get it. I understand. I mean, because now it would be different to have the numbers five three and five <laughs> six and fifty five. Also, would you know Roman numerals otherwise? Not at all. Not, for the super Bowl. not at all. I remember when it just said LV. I was like, uh, the Super Bowl's in Las Vegas. <laughs> They were like, no, Anthony. Two years from now, it that's is. the number. <laughs> I was like, okay, uh, but but no, but getting back to yeah. uh, having the Super Bowl here in L.A., uh, a, a beautiful thing, man. Uh, you know why? Why wouldn't it be here? Why shouldn't it be here? Um, we have the weather, we have the places to go, we have the beach, we have the sun, as Biggie would say. Yes, <laughs> the weather, women, and the weed. That, right, and yeah. surf, sand, and that other stuff too. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, but, you know, L.A. is always red carpet ready. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we got the Rams. We, we got uh, who else we got? We, we got, got the, the Chargers. Clippers, we got we the got Chargers. The, we yeah. got the Lakers. We got the Falcons. We have 10, you know, sports teams. Uh, the Dodgers, you know. All city world of champions. Cha- all, city of champions. There we go. Except yeah. for my Clippers. Hopefully we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, God, we'll I hope there. I get it. I hope I get it. <laughs> Okay. Uh, along those lines, can we do just do a quick special episode of To Tell the Truth? Let's do it. Okay. Um, Matthew Stafford, quarterback of uh, your L.A. Rams here. Uh-huh. Uh, no, no, technically not, right? Raiders, Cowboys? We'll get, that's a story for another oh, okay. day. Okay, story for another, another day. day. Yeah, you grew uh, up a Cowboys fan because <laughs> my daddy was from Little Rock, Arkansas. That was his team. But then when I was able to figure out what team I wanted, it was the Raiders. Okay. There okay. we go. Uh, for your hometown's team, the, uh-huh. LA, the LA Rams yes, here. Yes, sir. Right? Uh, Matthew Stafford has said that he would want uh, Leo DiCaprio to play him in a movie. To tell the truth, who should really play Matthew Stafford in a movie? <laughs> and can we make it happen? <laughs> Goff? Okay. <You> should- <laughs> Jared Goff should play That's Matthew Stafford. That's too Stafford real. That is too in, real, uh, Anthony. the movie of Matthew Stafford's life. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, that is fantastic. Uh, look, I know you're uh, you're out here doing a ton of great work for LA tourism. Yeah, uh, you mentioned LA is always red carpet ready. Uh, but but tell us, I mean, tell us what's you know what uh, obviously besides the the surf and the sand and the other W's, uh, why why everyone should love LA here. Uh, it, it's a beautiful place. It's yeah. it's the entertainment capital of the world. Uh, I, I I like to think it it's the place to be. Again, the weather, mm-hmm. the beaches, mm-hmm. the water, 
the sand, the mountains, the hiking trails, restaurants, hotels, every, everything that you could think of. Why would you want to live here? You could take a tour of the world, uh, 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 a cuisine tour of the world without leaving downtown Los Angeles. Isn't that beautiful? You know what I'm saying? You, 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 could, you could just sample everything from around the world. And, and we are here. Yeah. Why not? Why We not? have SoFi <laughs> Stadium. Have you been in SoFi Stadium yet? Five, Bill. Come on, yeah, baby. It's beautiful. Yes, Going it tonight is. for NFL Honors. Yes. Let's have a day. Yes. This is beautiful. I just got a call. They want me to present Coach of the Year. Oh, yeah. You should come do that. Uh, I'm here. <laughs> How are you going to call me an I'll hour and 15 minutes before the show? You can come with us. I don't have anything to wear. This is what I brought with me. I'm pretty sure you're not going to wear what you have on. Yeah, that, thank you. Yes. All that right. Is, that is, maybe if I turn this back. I don't know. Uh, no, you're right. Uh, Anthony Anderson, everybody. Uh, you're magnificent. Thank you so much. Hey, he's gonna, can we get him an Emmy? Can we get him a Golden Globe? It's happening. That's all I'm I want. to make it happen. I needed to go next to my Nickelodeon Kids Choice Award for Best Fart. All right, back here on NFL Inside Report, where we've been talking about topics that have arisen from Commissioner Roger Goodell's news conference here during Super Bowl week. One of the big announcements, the league will now play a game in the 2022 regular season in Munich, Germany, and will play four games, including this one in 2022, over the next four years. Two of those games will be played in Frankfurt, two in Munich, starting again 2022 in Munich. So Goodell also saying the NFL will once again play in Mexico this coming season with a game at Estadio Azteca. And that's going to do it for this episode of NFL Inside Report. Thanks so much for being with us here all week from our iHeartRadio podcast stage here on Radio Row as uh, we look forward to the Rams and Bengals. We'll, of course, be back with you following Super Bowl 56 for all the stories behind the headlines and highlights that come from the game. So be sure to download, rate, review our show on iHeartRadio, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your pods. We certainly appreciate it. For our producers, Thomas Warren and Tim Parachka, I'm your host, Rhett Lewis. We'll catch you next time. NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.